Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the NFL Food for Thought podcast right here on Roto Grinders. Kicking off a new week, I'm Justin Carlucci alongside of the Chief, Will Priester. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Week one in the books. Uh, missed out on some just huge paydays, man, uh, over on prize picks. I mean, I, I mean, we're, we're talking thousands and thousands here. If Paris Campbell catches one more pass for five yards, I mean, just an explosive Sunday over there. Needless to say, I end up doubling my money rather than getting back 10 times my money. And, uh, you know, t- 10X on, uh, and I, you know, and I played more than this, but I'm saying 10X on $1,000 is $10,000. That's insane. So I, I just missed out on missed out on a big payday, man. Hate it, but. Hopefully it comes back uh, this week. Keep grinding away, man. You know how it is. There's no margin for error with taking home the big ones. And, uh, you know, we're here to drop you some food for thought and kind of check out what we learned and take a glance ahead to next week. I mean, we just saw some ridiculous stuff, which we'll get to uh, in our first segment called Elephant in the Room, which is the stuff we just have to talk about. But yes, we got to get into some story time. So it's been a week. Since we talked last on the air here and you were telling us about your little surprise you were working on, I don't want to talk too loud here, but I know you were up to some stuff. What's been going on in the week since, my friend? Yeah, it's been going going good. Um, in terms of uh, story time for this week, um, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. What I'm going to say is this, and this is, you know, uh, one of my friends uh, asked me to go pick up a bicycle for his wife's birthday, which was, which was very interesting. Um, it was one of those cruisers, you know, it's got the little basket on front, you know, it's not built to, uh, you know, be doing mountain climbing or anything. He was out of town in DC. So, 
you know, he, you know, ordered the bike. I went and picked it up, put a bow on it. And uh, I called him. I said, hey, you know, I'm headed over He's to the house. He was like, hey, she's not at our house. She's at her mom's house, right? I said, okay, no problem. Shot me the address. I said, all right, I'm, I'm headed there. Uh, well, he said, just drop it off there. Uh, she's not at uh, her mom's house anymore. She's at my aunt's house. So needless to say, uh, moral of this story is women are unpredictable. But if you want to surprise them, you just go through with your plans and uh, everything will work out fine in the end. Uh, and I just I, I just want to keep that in my back pocket. I'm not going to make every story time about uh, my girlfriend's 40th birthday because she is she's actually not here at the moment. She's gone, which is great. So I can't if you notice you're not getting the whisper this week. That's for you, Dan Bach. Uh, not getting the will whisper, but uh, needless to say, that that's my interesting story for the week. Trying to deliver a bicycle and the wife's just not at home. Oh, man. My story time is just some things don't change. Old shenanigans with some of your old friends. I had my home league draft, I guess you would call it, 16-team auction league. We rented out a private room at a really good uh, pub slash tavern down here, really close to my apartment. Um, and a bunch of – everyone else pretty much lives within an hour away. But, uh, you know, we started having some fun early in the day. College football was on, you know, having some beers at the bar. We got into the room, had a great draft. Now, took a while, happy with my team. We all had some fun. Um, my girlfriend was gracious enough to DD me and a couple people. And I have one friend from home, and I'm like, come on, man, we'll give you a ride back. He's like, oh, I don't want to leave yet. I'm like, well, we live in the middle of nowhere. There's really no Ubers with COVID and everything going on. Plus, I'm besides the college town I live in, it's just corn stalks and horse and buggies. I'm like, I don't know how you're going to get back to my apartment if, you know, if you don't come with us. I don't know what to tell you. And I'm, 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 I'm about like, I'm like right outside of town, but it's a good two mile walk, which isn't not anything really in the grand scheme of things. You can do it. It's just a you know pain in the ass, especially if you're eight to 10 beers deep after a long day of college football and drafting. And my buddy's a big guy. He's probably pushing like four bills. He's a big dude. And he always found, he always finds a way. He always figures it out. I'm like, all right, man, good luck. You know, you got my number if you need me, but I'm not picking you up, you know, right. I, you know, just doing the responsible thing. Two o'clock in the morning rolls around. Someone pulls in my driveway. It's my friend. He made it back to my house some, somehow. Who's dropping him off? The owner of the tavern. They became best friends. And the owner of the bar was like, yeah, man, not a problem. I like this dude. I'm like, good Lord, man. No pun intended. When there's a will, there's a way. And some people just always find a way uh, to get it done. So um, home league drafts are officially in the books. I know you're in the Scott Fishbowl, Will. Congratulations on that. How's your team looking in there? Oh, not great, but that's okay. <laughs> Every, everything will be fine. All right. Well, that, that might not be good because you're about the op most optimistic person I know. So if you <laughs> tell me it's not great, maybe you got bitten by the injury bug. We'll talk about some injuries and an elephant in the room coming up. But um, yeah, a lot to discuss here. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for tuning into the first pod. And again, if you have any questions, drop us a line on Twitter. You got any food takes? Let us know. We want to hear about your favorite local spots or what you're up to. And, uh, you know, got any feedback, like, and subscribe. Let us know. Uh, elephant in the in the room a lot of stuff we need to discuss i know we got to talk about some injuries this is what we're gonna do first well because i know we can we can talk for hours there's only a billion storylines from opening nfl sunday right so 
Chief, from my auction draft in this bag right here, and you can hear it. I have 32 of these little mini football helmets, like the ones you put the quarter in the slots and you get, you know, some people like collecting them. So I'm going to pull a team out of this hat and you're going to tell me what you learned about them from week one. How about that? Okay, let's go. Let's let's do it. I like it. All right. So you don't know what's coming and neither do I. And there's about a storyline for every team here. What did you learn about the Kansas City Chiefs in week one, whether it's in real life or from DFS in week one, Mr. Priester? Uh, Real life and DFS, most explosive team, or one of the most explosive teams in football with one of the highest concentrated uh, production camps out there. Like there are other teams where you know where the production is coming from, but on this team, it's mainly three guys. It's, it's, and, and it's the perfect correlation. It's Mahomes, it's Kelsey, it's Tyreek Hill. Those are your three guys. Are they, may- are they maybe one of the only uh, stacks you can double stack with, even though they're expensive? There's so much value in week one. But, you know, usually when guys are at that price, it's hard for both of them to meet value. But because everything's so condensed and their ceilings are so high, do you double stack Kansas? Like, who else would you double stack with guys that are that high in price? You know, people were trying to make a case for Seattle last year in the first half when Russ was cooking. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I think a double stack won some of the higher stakes uh, GPP stuff. I saw some tweets earlier with, with Mahomes. And uh, just a, a huge second half for Kansas City. Showed some resilience. Um, the run game is still whatever. The ball's going up in the air, you know. Um, but the Browns are for real, too, sticking with that game. I mean, they played a gritty game, and that line was moving. Nick Chubb was Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt was pretty productive. No Beckham. That was a surprise. Jarvis Landry, yeah. uh, you know, did what he did. But, um, you know, both legitimate contenders in the AFC. Do you double stack the Chiefs more often than not when you play them? Or what's your uh, – I, I do from time to time. I didn't double stack them this time. Um, but I, I do double stack them from time to time. I've even triple stacked the Chiefs before. Triple stack, okay. All right, let me pull one out here. Hear me reach in the bag here. The next contestant is the Philadelphia Eagles. What did you learn about this Philadelphia Eagles team in week one, Chiefs? Uh, I don't want to say I learned much because they were playing a horrible Atlanta Falcons team. I am not about to overrate this offense or crown this team, uh, you know, some some miraculous, you know, NFC uh, East contenders just yet. I want to see them play some other people, uh, you know, and, and just kind of get get more of a feel for that. Um, you know, it looks like, and I'm, we're not we're not hopping ahead per se, uh, but they're playing San Francisco this week, and I think that'll give us a little bit more of an idea of where this team is. So. Um, and, and then I, I, since we're on, I do want to talk about San Francisco inversely, they look really good, but then I saw the lions almost come back and tie this game. And I thought might be an opportunity for some explosive offenses. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Small data sample. It's hard to tell after one week. Um, but yeah, that was a crazy finish there. You reach into this bag. We'll do a couple more. We'll move on. Oh man. The podcast gods are with us today because I just pulled the Green Bay Packers out of this thing. So (laughs) what did you learn about the Green Bay Packers, Chief? Well, um, I learned that possibly Aaron Rodgers had a lot of rust from not 
you know, being in sync with the team or either that the New Orleans defense is really good. One of those two things happen, and I'm going to find out real quick because New Orleans plays my beloved Carolina Panthers this week. So that's where I'm at with, with the Packers. They just had a rough, awful game. Uh, I mean, they looked terrible. And Aaron Rodgers looked terrible. And I know he's not terrible. So I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach. Once again, you know, since we're on that topic, uh, who does Green Bay play this week? Oh, let's see here. Green Bay football Packers play. Uh, we'll get back to you on that. But um, I agree. I mean, I, I think this is what happens. Nobody plays preseason. We saw J.K. Dobbins go down a whole, a whole other slew of some injuries. But you lose. I'm sorry. Practice Green Bay plays the Lions. Oh boy! On Monday. Okay, that, so that's the a, Monday game. A very interesting showdown game on it Monday. It will be very interesting. So when you don't play the whole preseason, I, I'm sorry. Like practice speed is so much different than any kind of game speed. I don't care how long you're playing together. We saw we saw a lot of mishaps with Green Bay, and we saw just much much like Tennessee. I mean. Taylor Luan gave five sacks himself to Chandler Jones, but Julio Jones practiced the first week of August and then sat out the rest of the uh, the rest of camp really because he was dinged up. And then when he came back, Tannehill had COVID, so they didn't play at all together. So yeah. I, I think it was almost in some cases we almost have to throw Week One out. <laughs> and you hear people across the industry talk about Week Two and how uh, the real tournament sharps will capitalize on a lot of overreactions because of maybe some guys who are going to be way overowned, and that's definitely the way to go. I mean, it's one game. <laughs> We're talking about one game here. Like, yeah, I don't know about Green Bay, but the most Titans thing ever would be going to Seattle and somehow come out with a win or make it a ball game. Like, I've seen yeah. this movie too many times <laughs> with the Tennessee yeah, Titans. Absolutely. So uh, keep keep your head on, guys. Level-headed. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. It's just one game. Things are so variant in one game as it is. Um, let's do one more team here. I'll pull one more out here. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Survey says the New York Jets. And I know you were tuned into that game. I watched the whole game. So what did you learn? Well, I learned that this team is still bad, but I do think the new coach is trying. Uh, the defense, we had, we had a lot of mid-saps in that game from, uh, from the Carolina perspective, we should have won this game handedly, fumbled the ball inside the 10, just random things happen. Um, you know, we had a couple of explosive plays, one big one to Robbie Anderson, which was the only catch he had, which was shocking. Um, but yeah, so I learned that the Jets still have a lot of work to do. They've got a rookie quarterback, right? A lot of pieces missing. Another thing we learned from the Jets, Elijah Moore is not as involved in this offense as we thought. Uh, Corey Davis, you know, uh, I'm not sure how many targets he had exactly. I um, mean, we can kind of kind of get to that. Let's go. Oh, we should be able to get to that. But I think he had probably five or six targets or something like that. Corey Davis had seven. Seven. Denzel Mims had one. Elijah Moore had four. Right. He only caught, what, one ball? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so Stinky you know, chalk, my friend. Stinky chalk. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, everything's set up for him. He – uh you know, he absolutely, we, we all thought he was going to smash. I did after I saw the Keelan Cole news and the Crowder news. I thought, whoa, 
This this is big, but the Jets are the Jets. The Jets are the Jets. Well, while we're on this, we'll get this out of the way. What did you learn about the Carolina Panthers? I learned that Christian McCaffrey is still a man amongst boys out there and is going to demand a ton of opportunity. It doesn't matter who's under center. I mean, he didn't even score. And what did he end up with, 25 DK points? I mean, just – He had nine catches for 90-something yards. and uh, He almost had 100-110 catches. I think he had had nine catches for 98 yards, Luch. (laughs) I think he had 89 yards rushing or 90, whatever it was. He almost had 200 all-purpose yards and 10 catches at the running back position. Unheard of. Unbelievable. I'm getting Insane. I'm getting Marshall Folk vibes, man. I mean, I know a little different, but the versatility. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if we've seen anybody as versatile out of the position since maybe Marshall Folk. Talk yeah. about talk about what a pleasure he was to have on your fantasy teams back in the day, man. But tell um, me about it for sure. McCaffrey is kind of taking over that role and man, he, he, he is the man and you can get McCaffrey at under 10 K this week. If you're a believer not in for the long. or you're not, not for long. <laughs> I think, I think long. he's just getting the saints discount because, but he's 9,900. So, um, you know, not really, we're not really worried about that too much. Elephant in the room. Our next one are some of yeah. these injuries chief. And we have to start with Raheem Mostert. He ended up playing. All this news is circling around Raheem Mostert. Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch before the game. And then everybody flocked to Raheem Mostert. He was in a great spot as it was beforehand. Then he got hurt. And guess what? Now he's out eight weeks, chipped cartilage in his knee. My gosh. And I don't know what the deal is going to be with Trey Sermon. We have to dig into that. But, well, uh, you know, e- Eli Mitchell is in the building. Yeah. That's all we can say at this point. And, you know, Jamichael Hasty was serviceable at times last mm-hmm. season. They're both sub 5K. And Trey Sermon sandwiched right there, too. If we yeah. get a real tell on Trey Sermon, if we if Trey Sermon is going to play snaps, I, I don't know how we – I don't know how you play any of these guys. If they're most likely all going to be involved. Mitchell, yeah. Hasty, Sermon, I understand they're all cheap, but it's straight up Russian roulette with figuring out where the volume is going to go. And Mitchell's 5K. I, you know, he's not min price. If he's, if he's free square 4K, I, I totally understand. And personally, I don't think the Eagles are very good. And we know Atlanta's not good. I, like, I didn't expect Atlanta to be good going into the season, especially defensively. I don't know about the Eagles. I'm not trying to trash the Eagles. But I don't think they're 32-6 to six consistently kind of good. <laughs> I, I, if, right. if Mitchell's going to be owned, I'm okay with not having much of him at all, if any. It, it, you know, if Sermon's going to be in the mix, if Hasty's going to be involved, if we, if we know Sermon's going to put a helmet on, you know. I, I might shy away there. What are your thoughts about this backfield? I mean, I think we just need to wait and see until what we see what happens this week, right? We we know that uh, um, most is gone. So is it going to be the combination of Trey Sermon and Mitchell? Or is Trey Sermon going to sit again? Because if he does, Mitchell at 5K, is, he's about to be a lock. And, and, and when I say lock, I'm saying 
a play that's going to be really good for us in terms of point per dollar. I don't mean he's somebody I'm going to hit the lock button on. Makes sense. Maybe one of the other two biggest injuries, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Boy. Oh, man. Oh, man. Boy, oh, boy. So what changes now with the football team, Chief? Uh, Heineke's there. Uh, Here's what I think the change is. You already know where I'm going. You're probably already in my head. Cam News just sitting out there right now. (laughs) You better go sign this, man, and uh, get him to watch to nose Ron Rivera. I'm not sure if Rivera wants to go through the Cam Newton experiment, but you got to think in that division, Cam does give them a chance. And I'm not saying Heineke doesn't either. That's also not what I'm saying. I'm saying at this point, I think you bring Cam in the building and see what you have. Let Taylor play. Cam doesn't have to start right now. You know, just get him in the building. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, Heineke kind of already had his tryout last season, you know? Like, he's had some opportunities. Yeah. But, you know, Antonio Gibson led the football team in targets in week one. I know it doesn't mean much. Um but man, boy, can we get McLaurin a quarterback? I was so hyped for Scary Terry this season with Fitzpatrick. Oh, I was too, man. I, I, I was extremely excited, and bam, out. The good news is, if there's a silver lining for DFS, we don't have to deal with them on the main slate. It'll be another interesting showdown slate on Thursday night when they take on the Giants at home. So if you're playing main slate, you can kind of take a wait-and-see approach, see what happens there. And uh, we'll see. Maybe there's some props on where Cam Newton's going to play on one of these sport, sports books. You know, might be worth a little wager if you can find that somewhere. Yeah, man, for sure. How about Jerry Judy? Man, another guy. Great route runner. You know, played with Drew Locke last year, and I over half of his targets weren't catchable. <laughs> man, high ankle sprain. Going to miss over a month. Yeah. Wow. What does that do to the Denver Broncos, Chief? Well, I mean, it should open it up. I mean, Noah Font had a good day. Um, so he's somebody that's going to be on the list. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton. Is K.J. Hamler going to get a few more targets? Like, they, they got receivers. So, uh, they're, I mean, and, and they're all pretty fast. Like, K.J. Hamler's probably faster than Jerry Judy, actually. So uh, I think it takes away one of their b- better young receivers. But you got Sutton, you got Hamler. Um, God, there's another guy that's there too. What's his name? Tim Patrick. Yeah, Tim Patrick's there. I mean, they're going to be fine. I don't want to look ahead, but they play the Jacksonville Jaguars this week too. (laughs) I mean, fire him up. In fact, fire up Melvin Gordon, who went over 100 yards. Yep. Yep. I mean, incredible. I mean – only at 11 carries, though. I don't know. I, I think that situation is still fluid. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not like, <laughs> I know the matchup's great. We'll get to the look ahead there. The Broncos are going to be interesting. A lot of cheap yeah. pieces there. You don't even want to know what no, no offense prices on DraftKings, Chief. I just accidentally uh, saw it. Is it like 4,200? It's definitely 4,200. <laughs> I didn't look at it. I promise. I, I, I promise I didn't look oh, at it. Oh, I wish I didn't see it. My goodness. <laughs> Against Jacksonville. My goodness. My goodness. Yep. My That's goodness. insane. That's uh, insane, bro. 
one more, one more that I am scrolling. Well, actually, there's two more. Michael yeah, Gallup. Because I, I got some elephants in the room. I want to just, oh, I want to discuss as well. You know, two more injuries, and we'll roll. Yeah, we'll, go we'll ahead. Roll this in. I'll, I'll yeah, throw the, it over. I'll throw it over. Yeah, this here. is our injury elephant in the room portion. <laughs> our poor injured elephant. Um, uh, on a side note, because we are recording this a day early, is Derek Carr going to throw to anybody else outside of Darren Waller? I mean, this is awful. Like, just throw the ball to other people. And this has nothing to do with my fantasy team. This has everything to do with uh, – I mean, he had, he's got three guys around him when he touched the ball just now. Come on, guy. Listen, Chief. First of all, first of all, it's Darren Waller's birthday. He has 11 targets in the first half, just four receptions. Birthday narrative. Yeah, I know. God forbid he did anything with the word. Darren Waller was the right play, saw the most targets, but, man – Free Mariota. <laughs> anyway, we briefly we briefly talked about the Cowboys earlier today. Michael Gallup on injured reserve. He's going to miss some time. I know Dak Prescott threw the ball about 60 times. That was my rebuttal to you. Talk about C.G. Lamb. C.G. Lamb. Uh, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and anybody else. What kind of boost are they getting? So here, here I don't think there's much more of a boost that they can get. They both – Amari had 16 targets. CD had 15. I mean, that you you can't ask for much more than that in any scenario. Like you, you just can't. So, in my opinion, that's kind of they they hit their ceiling right out of the gate. Interestingly enough, um, when you kind of scroll over the landscape, and I'm, I'm I'm pulling this up right now as we speak because I don't want to I don't want to miss this guy. Guys, get. My thing keeps scrolling back up the preseason, and it's taking me out of week one, trying to get get to week two. Mm-hmm. Week two, they play the Chargers. Well, what do you think is going to happen week two? They're going to start handing the ball a little bit more to Zeke. We saw what Antonio Gibson did to this Chargers team. I got to think Zeke is more involved. I watched that game. They purposefully did not give Zeke the ball and kept pushing the ball down the field. They were targeting uh, one of the one, the one of the cornerbacks, outside cornerback, whoever was over there, Gallup, CD, Amari, didn't matter. Full-blown target. I don't think that's going to happen this week. I think we go back to a little bit more of a balanced attack. I think Zeke gets a little bit more involved. I think Zeke sees four or five targets here. Um, so that That's kind of how I look at it, no matter how you slice it. CD and Amari are in play. 6,200 for Zeke. Like that price. A lot of people are scared of him. Just has negative narratives surrounding him with everything, with the struggles he had last year and didn't look, you know, quote unquote, didn't look good week one, whatever you want. Whatever you want to say. Like the price on him a lot. We don't have ownerships in front of us just yet. I mean, if Amari uh, and CD carry some ownership, but kind of like the idea of a little bit of leverage there and going with Zeke in some builds. Um, we'll get off the injury elephants. The injured elephants, whatever you want to call it. Uh, give me an elephant in the room from the previous week here, Chief. We, there's only about a bajillion storylines we could talk about. Right? So give me something here. Here's what I'm going to say. My elephant in the room is this. There are bad teams in the NFL. There were bad teams last year. And some of these teams are still bad. The Jaguars are still bad. The Atlanta Falcons are still bad. Uh, Still out on the Dallas defense because they were facing Tom Brady. But, you know, I I don't – we're going to have to figure that out. Are they still good? 
I mean, have they improved? Uh, the Lions can score points. These, these are all, all elephants, right? But they can also get scored on. The 49ers scored 41 points. They scored 33 and were on their way. Um, are the Titans going to be this bad on defense and not be able to score? Like, what? what's happening there, right? And I know these are all stories, but I'm, I'm just talking about week one, things that we saw, just things that we saw week one, and then how can we carry that into week two? Um, because everything's going to be very reactionary, and that's fine, right? That, that's perfectly fine. But I think, you know, like last season, I got on the Cowboys early, and I kept just saying, I just kept saying, oh, the Cowboys are bad, and I just kept playing against them and stacking the game because they can also score points, right? And so that those are the types of things I looked at this week. Um, but I, 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 we figured out really quick that the Jaguars are bad. Real quick. Yeah. The Falcons are bad. Um, and so, you know, I think these are going to be big-time targets for us. And then I don't, I don't want to overlook uh, the Titans and, you know, and the Rams are also really good. What, right? One of, your, one of your elephants there, trust me, I watched as much of the zone of Titans game as I, as I, could, as I could handle. And eventually I just threw the red zone back on. Let me tell you that Kyler Murray is 5,000% back. 5,000% back. There were a couple of plays where the Titans had him dead in the waters. He pulled some 04 Madden Michael Vick stuff. If Mahomes did it, it would have been on Sports Center until next until next Saturday. And there were just so many backbreaking conversions thanks to what Kyler Murray was doing. DeAndre Hopkins hauled in an amazing catch in the back of the end zone. Christian Kirk hauled in an amazing catch next to the pylon. There were just some spectacular plays made by the Cardinals. And I'm not saying that the Titans played poorly because they got absolutely throttled in the first half, for sure. But this game could have been a little bit closer. The Cardinals, as bad as the Titans were, the Cardinals made some really, really Super Bowl-worthy type Santonio Holmes-esque type of plays and catches. That was uh, the biggest takeaway for me is Kyler is back. He was hurt in the second half of last year. In the first half, he was the story of DFS. Pretty sure he led all quarterbacks in fantasy points. Was having a historic year. He is back. Like he is do not like. I'm telling you, Kyler Murray is five thousand percent back. The defensive line and Zona look good. <laughs> the Cardinals are better than uh, projected or whatever you want to call it. That is my yeah. biggest takeaway. Healthy Kyler Murray. Healthy Kyler Murray. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Big big time big time players. Big time. Elephant in the room, Chief. Give me another one. Uh, last but not least, and I know we'll get there. And, and this is, I'm circling back to Dallas for, for a reason because of the, the injury. Amari Cooper and CD Lamb own the target share on this team, they own it. So, no need to go out and be trying to play Cedric Wilson and all these random guys. Dalton Schultz will get some. But Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb own the target share in Dallas. Uh, we need to be playing both of them with that until further notice. Let me give you a statistic, a snap count elephant in the room. Saquon Barkley played under 50% of snaps against Denver. 
that's not good. <laughs> I need to see that number push to 75% before I roster him in most circumstances. The other big snap number I thought was interesting is Rob Gronkowski played mm, 88% of snaps week one. That's a big deal. Huge That's deal. That's a big deal, Luch. Huge big deal. deal. OJ Howard played six, according to what I'm looking at. So if he's not exactly nipping at the heels, we know Cameron Brait is kind of a red zone guy slash blocker. That's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. Well, we'll get- here's what I will say with that. Last season, Gronk kind of came in off the street. This season, he knew he was going to play. I think he was ready to go, and he's just going to be the guy until further notice. His commercials are great. You see his commercials all over TV. This Mom, weekend. can you get me my football pants? It's me, yeah. Bobby Gronkowski. <laughs> Whatever he said. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had a full season. You know, Antonio Brown, full off season. I mean, we, Tampa Bay look good. And they get those lowly Falcons. And we will get there uh, momentarily here. I mean, th- this is the week to hop back on Leonard Fournette, who also saw most of the snaps. Started the game, by the way. I think everybody thought they were going to do like last year and bring in Ronald Jones to start and then Fournette. No, no, no. Fournette started the game. Ronald Jones had a fumble and then he just kind of disappeared. So, uh, of course, everybody say, yeah, now watch Ronald Jones Tronos for 102 this week. They do get the Falcons. Um, and I don't think the Falcons are dead in the water. But, uh, gosh, th- this should be an easy one for the Bucks. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, man, just getting back to James Robinson and talking about the Jaguars. James Robinson, elephant in the room, still played 64% of the snaps. You know, Carlos Hyde saw some work too. But, like, I know they fell behind, but Urban Meyer just can't tell Lawrence to throw the ball 50 to 60 times a game. I, I really hope that doesn't happen. I was very so high on James Robinson. And, um, you but, know. I mean, and we should have been, he had five carries for 25 yards. If he had 20 carries, he'd be at 100. Yeah. Tough matchup this week against Denver, Denver D. But um, I, I'm, I'm willing to get back on, on Robinson sooner than later. Hopefully he comes at a discounted ownership in the right spot. Um, all right. What was your best call you made last week? And what was your worst call? Do you have anything on your mind before we move on to a look ahead? My worst call is absolutely James Robinson. Like, I mean, by, by far, uh, I think my best call um, probably would have been Sam Darnold. Got close, uh, had, had almost 302 TDs. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my favorite personal one was Russ Wilson, good call, and Brandon Cooks, if I could parlay two together. I was also way overweight on James Robinson for my – for my bad call for sure um you know i was overweight on the titans unfortunately most of my cardinals builds were game stacks chief i didn't have enough team stacks in the middle i had a bunch of game stacks and um just didn't just didn't work out with a lot of derrick henry and um you know aj brown scored he was all right but you know didn't really have that ceiling game in a in a shootout that i thought tennessee would be able to hang in with so we'll see how they bounce back uh all right Let's uh let's go ahead and and look ahead to next week here. Um, what were we calling this segment again, Chief? <laughs> oh, I mean, this is our uh recipe for success. Yes, recipe 
for success, people were putting. Uh, oh, I was going to go with an uh, an Italian vibe there. We're putting the tomato sauce in the pasta. We're making a pasta. <laughs> All right. So I know you got a lot you want to talk about. Where do you want to start here? So I think, so here's the thing. We've got some some games that we think are going to have potential, right? And then we've got some games that, we think are going to be blowouts. And then I think my, my recipe for success is and I'm going to actually start it with the question. How close to being right. Do you think we're going to actually be that, that that's, that's my question for the recipe success. I'm going to ask that. And then I'm going to hop in with what I think. Right. So I'm going to give you the game, the games, and I'll let you kind of go from there. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. I think Denver Jacksonville is a target here for us on this slate. Yes or no with our recipe for success. Yes. Yes. I think, I think you can be choosy of of who you're going to pick from that game. Uh Uh-huh. But we did talk about some of these Broncos and I'm looking at KJ Hamler's sub 4k. I mean, we've had him, we've seen him and Tim Patrick both take advantage of opportunities at times to time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how all the way back Cortland Sutton is. I'm going to pull up some snap counts as we see, but Noah Fant at four, at 4,200 is, is just egregious. I, I don't care what kind of slate it is. I mean, he should be 5k, 5,500, you know, kind of thing. So, uh, and I think he led the team in targets as well. That's with yeah. Jerry Judy having seven targets before he left <laughs> so okay you tell me I, I have a feeling you're gonna talk about some jaguars here well no no I, i'm gonna go through the, well yeah we can just stay on this game that's fine um i'm not really into the jags as much i will say this something we didn't point out dj chark had 11 targets okay and if that's I, a that's a big deal if i could backtrack for just a second Cortland, sure, Cortland sure. sutton played 80 percent of the snaps so I, I like I like that call a lot. You know, they have confidence in him getting out there. You know, he had six targets. So uh, yeah. uh, you know what? This is going to be very interesting here with um, what happens with that without Jerry Judy for a couple of weeks. But, you know, when you talk about game script, though, I know we don't know about the work in the Broncos backfield, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon only had 11 carries, but, you know, it could be a Javante Williams game. It, it could be a ground game. If the Jaguars are this bad, it could just be a ground and pound attack. So... Large field but he, he had 101 yards, which is very efficient. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, I think he's in play here at 5,900. Uh, yeah. He should be able to at least get a touchdown. Um, here's something else I will say about this game. I'm expecting Jacksonville to be down. So Trevor Lawrence is going to be throwing the ball all over the place yet again. Uh I mean, he, he still kind of got there even with, uh, with the three interceptions because he had to throw it so much. Um, so I, 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 think, I think this is a game to target. Um, I feel like maybe playing Trevor Lawrence with one of his pass catchers and then some Broncos on the other side. But Teddy Bridgewater is cheap enough. It's just I don't, I don't know. Is Teddy going to get 300 yards and two touchdowns this game? Uh, it's possible. But we need him to get 20 plus for this to really work out for us. Yeah. So I'm not, since we, 
it's either going to be a little more of a shootout than we anticipate, or it's going to be a lopsided slaughter fest, in my opinion. So, so I know some people, uh, you know, like to stack quarterback, running back, receiver. It's, it's not for me this week. If I'm playing Bridgewater, I'm not playing Melvin Gordon or Javante. I'm playing one or two pass catchers to go with him. So, yeah, that that that's my thoughts on that one there. Yeah, I get it. I'm I'm with you 100. percent Okay, give me another game. Let's roll here. Let's roll. So. Next game on the recipe for success. This is going to seem it like a like an off the board game. How about New England and the Jets? Well, how bad are the Jets? I know in your analysis earlier you said they are still bad. <laughs> you watched a lot of that game. I am so uh, pleasantly surprised with the involvement of Damian Harris finally getting an opportunity here. Um, Reandre Stevenson really wasn't in the mix as far as I know, so. Um, I think Damian Harris is super interesting. Um, you know, this 50, whole team is interesting. Fifty four hundred on DK. He's the first guy that comes to my mind here. So uh, I really like Damian Harris this week. And yeah, I think there are a couple of under the radar plays here. Yeah, th- this whole team is interesting. Uh, secretly enough, uh, Jacoby Myers lost seventy four of seventy five snaps. Uh had uh six he caught six of his nine targets for 44 yards and but nelson aguilar had the splash play secretly jacoby myers is probably going to go off here and nobody's thinking about it because everybody's going to be thinking about something else in my opinion this is a sneaky way to go back to team jam them in this is a sneaky way to get right back to team jam them in matt jones Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, right? Because you got to think, you got to think Damian Harris is going to score some touchdowns this game. I have to believe that. So in terms of this team, I, I like it. And then on the other side with the Jets, we I don't feel like we have to play someone from the Jets. But, uh, you know, uh, I think we need to see what happens with uh, Keelan Cole and Crowder before we make a complete decision. Um, but either way, I really like the Patriots this week. Well, I, just even more of an indicator that Belichick wants to pound the football whenever he can. And there might not be a ton of games where he's going to play with the lead, but if there's a game script where I think he could, it's against the Jets. Uh, listen, they paid a lot of money for Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith. We know Belichick loves running you know, power football, two tight ends. And when the Patriots were at their best, they were able to have some power success and go over the top when Tom Brady was around. LeGarrette Blunt days, the Corey Dillon days, right? I'm going way back there, right? But you, you see the key to success is that kind of personnel. And Hunter Henry and John U. Smith saw the field a lot together. Both played over 70% of snaps. While that really kind of stinks figuring out where the volume is going to go in the pass game, that, that's just a huge indicator to me that, hey, we want to get Damian Harris the ball as much as we can. Yeah, James White saw 30% of snaps, but we knew he was a third down guy. He's getting mixed around in different ways. Um, but to me, that's a huge green light for Damian Harris. Beep, beep, the bus is coming through. Feed Damian the ball. I know he doesn't have a ton of pass catching upside, but I don't know if it matters if he scores. Here's my hot take. He scores three times against the Jets, and he's in the optimal Millie lineup. Beep, beep, Damian Harris coming through. I like it. I like it. Hot takes. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, that, that sounds good to me. 
five total snaps for Ramondre Stevenson. So we're not quite there yet, guys. In a few weeks, who knows what could happen with where this team goes. If they lose three, four games in a row, I don't know. You know, then what? Things will probably change. Things will shake up. But for now, it's Damian Harris, and they want to run the ball with rookie quarterback Mac Jones um, right from the rip here. And they played a very competitive game against the Dolphins. So, uh, you know, could have been a lot worse of, of, a, of an opening outing for Mac Jones. So I think the future is right there in New England, Chief. Yeah, man, for sure. I like it a lot. Good. Uh, got any more games for me here? Yeah, a couple more, and then we can close this thing out. Hang on a second. I'm trying to get to my uh, my screen here. This one is a sneaky one. And let me let me tell you why it's sneaky. Because I'm not sure whether this whether or not this team is is less potent than we than we think it is. But I think this game is going to force them in the air and it out a little bit more. I think I'm going back to some of my props from last week. And I'll explain why in a minute. The Rams at the Colts. Rams explosive offense. Watched it yesterday. Stafford pushing the ball down the field. Cooper Cup in the game running wild. Indianapolis may have to try to keep up, which may fo- may force them away. Uh, this is something else that if you if you weren't watching, you may not know. Jeez, uh, what's his name? Jonathan Taylor had six catches for 60 yards in that game. That's big. That's big. Six catches for 60 yards. Had seven targets. Is that is that noise? Maybe. Maybe it's noise. But I do think in this spot, the receivers are going to have to get involved. If the Rams run it up on them, no way they can just keep handing the ball off and methodically trying to move down the field. I hope that Paris Campbell comes back in with a 20-something yard property. I'm going to hammer the over again. I don't think it's noise. I, I like that call. I like that call a lot. A C- couple games I-, I want. I think we should get to because I think they're going to be. Well, yeah, uh, those are my few games. We-, we-, we know about Dallas and the Chargers. That's probably going to be through a track meet, but, uh, you know. Yeah, thirteen targets for Keenan Allen against the against the Washington football team. Yeah, so uh, which was yeah. supposed to be a better defense mm-hmm. yeah. than and what they're going to see with the Cowboys. And we know Dallas is not a good defense. They're just going back to last year, and we we saw it week one. I know he had the goat and a really uh, really put together Tampa Bay team uh, against Dallas, but um, yeah, that they're not a good defense. The two other games, you know, Tennessee and Seattle. I mean, high total. I really think there's a, a good chance the Titans bounce back. I don't know if they go into Seattle and win, but I think it's a game. We know Seattle can't uh, defend the pass. I, I, I think there's just going to be less splash Kyler Murray plays. I mean, some of those plays were extraordinary. I'll go back to AJ Brown. You know, I mean, he's still under 7K. You know, Julio Jones with the lack of time with Tannehill and camp, I think they're still a little off. I love the potential here for A.J. Brown. And no one's going to play Derrick Henry. A, because Seattle's pretty good against the run. B, because yeah. the line looked terrible. The Titans looked terrible. Man, was he pissed off on the sidelines. I've never seen Derrick Henry that vocal, ripping his line. I mean, wow, there was some energy there. I'm curious to see uh, if there's a bounce back. And 
We've seen weirder stuff happen. Like if you told me Aaron Rodgers would crap the bed that badly and Jameis Winston would have five touchdowns with under 150 yards, what's Derrick Henry's ownership going to be this week for large field tournaments, Chief? Are we talking like are we talking like five to ten percent this week? Oh, probably single digits. I mean, probably single digits for sure. I would say. I mean, the guy with that upside and. I think there's a chance they a good chance they bounce back. So I think that's a really interesting game. And um, you know, you gotta play some of the other side. <laughs> Whether Tennessee's defense has improved or not, it's still not <laughs> top anywhere close to being top third in the league, probably not even top half of the league. So uh Russell Wilson looked great against Indy. Um, love Metcalf this week. What are your thoughts about these Seahawks? Yeah, I think they're I think they're in play. I mean <sighs> Here's the thing. We know how this goes. Whose week was it this week? Tyler Lockett. Whose week is it next week? DK Metcalf. You already know. <laughs> just don't. And, and, and if you really want to not try to figure this out, just play DK Metcalf every week because Tyler Lockett's going to fall off of a cliff at some point this season. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, uh, I, you know, DK, this should be a good spot for him. Um, you know, Tennessee, they, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. This week, I mean, we, we saw D hop go off for eight, 80 something, two touchdowns. I mean, that, that D hop is more like the DK of this team. So I'm in on DK. I, I think this is a big week for him. Some of the biggest chalk that busted was indeed Marquez Callaway. What do you make of that Saints offense chief? Like, well, I don't think they had to do as much as they would have done. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were pretty much in short field situations most of the game. And Rodgers was turning the ball over. Uh, I mean, the, the Packers just could not get going. I mean, if you look at this game, Jameis threw for five touchdowns. But they, they were all fairly short. He, he just didn't have to do much. So I'm not buying into that. And, and I mean, you know, Callaway only had one target for what it's worth. Um, but nobody really had a lot of targets because they didn't have to. Do you have, other than the quote-unquote right plays at quarterback, Kyler against Minnesota, Russ Wilson, Tennessee, Josh Allen has Miami, you know, tougher matchup there in Miami, but they throw the ball a lot. Tom Brady against Atlanta, you know, and then Dak and Herbert going off against each other there. Anybody else? Like who, other than the right, the quote unquote right plays at this cheaper group of quarterbacks we have, who are maybe some of your top one or two plays or stacks here? Um, I mean, secretly, we, go ahead. Secretly. We like secrets. And, and I, I, here's where the whisper is going to come in. <laughs> Don't laugh. Okay. I got you and and i'm all i'm not a i'm not a big narrative guy right not not a big narrative guy but but listen andy dalton threw the ball 38 times on sunday he was 27 of 38 for 206 yards no touchdowns the interception lost a fumble that was against the rams i don't think cincinnati's defense is better than the rams if he's going to throw the ball about 40 times, it's less about Andy Dalton and it's more about Allen Robinson and his 11 targets that he had. Allen Robinson could really pop off here. And I think he's going crazy under owned. 
Look out for Allen Robinson this week, folks. I know we're talking about quarterback, but I just I want to parlay that into it. Look out for Allen Robinson. I'm telling you. No Jalen Ramsey this week. That helps a lot. Um, (laughs) There's people in chat on Showdown saying Jalen Ramsey was overrated. I'm like, listen, Jalen Ramsey is certainly not over overrated. So, um, yeah, I mean. We saw some Justin Fields, but I don't think it's coming just yet. What do you think the leash is on Dalton here? Um, well, I think he's going to – I still think he's the guy, and they'll bring in Fields for packages. And I don't think that's going to – I mean, the only thing that hurt his fantasy value was, I mean, Justin rushed in for a touchdown the last game. Okay, that's fair. Um, you know, I'm curious to see where Herbert's ownership falls. I know we talked about that game. Um, he has a tiny bit of rushing upside, which makes him appealing. Uh, he had five rushing touchdowns last season, so he's a little bit of multidimensional here. So if those top tier quarterbacks are going to take a lot of the ownership, I don't mind Herbert 6,700 on DK per dollar might be, might be my favorite play per dollar looking at that. So, um, is, is that, is that. Is that looking ahead? I know we're super early, but is the Dallas LA game the Chargers? That, that is that, that's probably the number one game on the slate. Yeah, the best game um, environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think is number two? Tough In one. terms of total total game environment, honestly, I'm gonna go on a limb here and I want to say San Francisco at Philly because I, I just and, and I know that game isn't in a dome, but I think that I think that game could be the most competitive. Um, yeah. If if you see what I'm saying, Philly put up points last week. Even though even though this team is bad, Jalen Hurts put up points. Like he didn't just run the ball for 100 yards. He, he put up points, and so I mean he was 27 of 35, 264 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Rushed seven times for 62 yards. I, I, I like Philly here in a spot where, you know, we thought Jared, Jared Goff was really bad, but the Lions went to town and almost won this game or came back rather. So I think Philly at home against San Fran, I like this game because both teams should be able to score. There's a lot of unknown there yet, and I think we need to attack the unknown for Largeville GPPs. Correct. We're still that early. That is here. correct. Attack the unknown and uh, attack the overreactions in terms of stay away from some of that chalk after a one-week sample if it's just absurd. Now a guy like Keenan Allen in a track meet game, I totally get it. The volume is going to be there. But there are going to be some guys that are going to be highly owned that just don't make sense after one game, most likely. And I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, the, the public's going to be down on teams like Tennessee, and rightfully so. They're going to be down on, uh, you know, on the Packers, although they're not on the main slate. Um, and they're going to be really down on, like, Kyle Pitts. And I, I tell you what, like, it was one game, and I know it was the Eagles, but they're likely going to be trailing against Tampa Bay, who has an ungodly high team total. And... You know, I think you can still play some of these Falcons. I mean, they're going to come in much lower after the complete goose egg they laid. And, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts, 5,200. Maybe he's just expensive enough after the goose egg where people are staying away. Um, Yeah, 
that, that that's where I'm at. I think I think you might, it might be a little people might be a little gun shy in some of these Falcons. So Calvin yeah. Ridley's still going to see the volume. Tampa Bay's thin at corner. No, Kyle Pitts still a great athlete. It was one game. It was one game. And I know Atlanta's yeah. not good, but the game script's there. Yeah, absolutely was one game. Last but not least, uh, let me say that Big Ben is going to pick this Las Vegas defense apart next, this week as well. We know about Big Ben at home. Uh, one of these receivers is probably going to be in the Millie Maker winning lineup this week, possibly along with Big Ben. I mean, Big Ben – 18 of 32 for 188, one touchdown, no interceptions. That was in Buffalo in a tough game. Wait until he's at home against the, the Raiders, who don't seem to be putting up too much resistance. Uh, and, and with a guy that's going to push the ball down the field ever so slightly, Deontay Johnson could end up with a 10-target day, seven catches, 110 yards, maybe a touchdown. Look, look out for the Steelers this week. And he's he's finally kind of priced accordingly now, sixty four hundred on DK, which I think is appropriate, maybe slightly yeah. underpriced. But Deontay all- Johnson had ten targets this week. Yeah, imagine those ten targets against a worse defense. I'm with you. I don't disagree. And I think Juju he- had eight. And uh, let's see, where's Claypool? So, oh, so wow. while you're looking for Claypool, where are you at on Najee Harris? I mean, I, th- I think this is the week to try to maybe get him in. I mean, uh, Tyson Williams is running all over this team. So, you know, and, and that doesn't mean they're going to have a bad day uh, on the ground this week, but I, I definitely think we, we get involved here uh, w- with the Steelers against the Raiders. And not just because they're – well, it is because they're on and I'm watching them. But, uh, you know, I, I think the Steelers at home against the worst defense should, should be ready to roll. I mean, uh, I don't disagree with you. We'll see how that unfolds. Um, anything else, man? Let's look at. It. I know we got to wrap up pretty soon, but anything else you want to get off your mind with some food for thought? Nah, man, I am good to go. All right. Well, hit me with a GPP food of the day. Well, we were talking about Italian. And uh, what I want to talk about today is baked ziti. Baked ziti. You get that penne pasta going. The the wonderful tomato sauce with a little basil in there. Uh, If you're like me, I like more of a sweet sauce. So basil is always good. Some fresh garlic. Maybe a few mushrooms. But the main ingredient, my friend, got to have meat sauce, a little bit of sliced sausage, mozzarella cheese, uh, Parmesan cheese, uh, Romano cheese. You get all that put together, Luch, and it's a party going on in your mouth. Baked ziti with meat sauce and sliced sausage in the pasta. My goodness, what a good time. You're on an Italian kick, aren't you? A little bit, little bit of Italian kick lately? That, that would be correct, sir. That, that would be correct. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, hey, I love Big Ziti. I love my chicken parm as well. I had some Big Ziti recently. Um, there's a little more ricotta cheese in it, and they put in some ground beef. It wasn't necessarily a meat sauce, but it was some ground beef. It was a little bit different. 
but I prefer more of the traditional mozzarella, some homemade red sauce, fresh garlic in the sauce too. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're partying, and we're partying. Let me ask you this. Were the wings at the crib last Sunday? Oh, you already know, man. You already know. I actually went out for, for okay, so for the Thursday night game, went and got Marco's Pizza. And they, they've got this thing there called a pizza bowl, which is really good. On Sunday, went and got the shakaroni from Papa John's. Got some wings from there because, you know, they're donating uh, some money for, for a good cause. So I said, hey, go get a shakaroni. Got that and some wings. Watched the Panthers uh, and, and had a good time. Hey, man, I'm looking forward to week two. Hopefully we can capitalize on some overreactions and, uh, you know, take a long look at some of those Denver guys in that Jacksonville game. I think however that unfolds could be uh, super interesting and um, really stinks for Jerry Judy, you know, young promising player. Hopefully he uh, gets back for the, you know, last half of the season here and we can see what he can really do with. I don't want to take a shot here at Drew Locke, but a competent quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> a better quarterback. I mean, you saw a lot of Teddy Bridgewater. It is what it is, but I think it's a leg up <laughs> than Drew Locke. Yeah, he is a competent quarterback for sure. Hey, where can the people find you on Twitter before we get out of here? At Chief Justice 06. Yeah, look me up at the J. Carlucci. Send us some feedback. Any questions, any overreactions? What are some of your favorite food places? Um, our NBA morning grind following really, really got into the food discussions we had here out on the East Coast. So, yes, sir. Uh, give us some food for thought. Chief, anything else? Or are we heading into week two? I'm good, my friend. Always a pleasure to hang out with you. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the pod. Any feedback, just, just hit us up, man. But we're just trying to have a good time and talk some football. Absolutely. You want any shows this week coming up? Um, yeah, I mean, I've got the Blitz show um, for uh, – uh, this Saturday with Cardi and AD, and that's pretty much my main show uh, for football. Everything else I'm doing is going to be MLB related. Awesome, man. Yeah, baseball's not over yet. Check him out on Twitter and on Twitter at ChiefJustice06. For my man Will Priester here, I'm Justin Carlucci. Good luck in week two, everybody.